Welcome to Newcastle Libraries Real. Newcastle Libraries can be accessed wherever you live with the Newcastle Libraries app. Put borrowing at your fingertips. I invite you to close your eyes and imagine. Imagine that there are no buildings, no roads, no cars, just the trees, plants, animals, and the very first storytellers of this land, the Awapakul and Waramai people. So I acknowledge them as the traditional custodians of this beautiful land in which we live. Welcome to Your Summer Stories for 2021-22 and our Young Adult Special. Once again, Newcastle Libraries is providing you with a diverse selection of new Australian titles. And for the first time ever, we've curated a young adult reading list. It's got some great new releases you can sink your teeth into this summer. Our list is varied, challenging and fun. You can read some or all of the books. It's up to you. We just want you to enjoy your escape between the pages. Our titles are Aurora's End by Amy Kaufman and Jay Christoph, Dark Rise by C.S. Picard, Roxy by Neil and Jared Schusterman, You'll Be the Death of Me by Karen McManus, Green Rising by Lauren James, Anything But Fine by Tobias Madden, Social Cue by Kay Kerr, and The Gilded Cage by Lynette Noni. We hope you enjoy this conversation between Danny Hilliard from Newcastle Libraries and Kay Kerr, the author of The Social Cue. Hello and welcome to the Young Adult Your Summer Stories podcast brought to you by Newcastle Libraries. I'm your host, Danny, and I'm lucky enough to be part of the children's and youth team at Newcastle Libraries. This is our first ever Young Adult Your Summer Stories, which I'm so excited about, and we've included eight diverse and powerful stories across different genres and authors, both Australian and overseas. One of these titles is Social Cue by Kay Kerr, and I'm lucky enough to have Kay with me today to answer all of your burning questions. Kay Kerr is an autistic author and journalist from the Sunshine Coast, Queensland. Her debut novel, Please Don't Hug Me, came out in 2020 and was shortlisted for the Book of the Year for Older Children at the Australian Book Industry Awards and listed as a notable book by the Children's Book Council of Australia. Her second novel, Social Cue, was released with text publishing in October of this year. It is a funny and heartwarming romance about deciphering the confusing signals of attraction and navigating a path to love. New York Times bestselling novelist Helen Huang called it a perceptive, honest and warmly captivating romantic comedy that touched my heart. Kay's freelance writing has appeared in The Guardian, SBS Voices, Daily Life, Broadsheet and Peppermint Magazine. Uh, it's quite a, quite a resume that you've got there, Kay. Well done. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Oh, thanks for coming along. We're so excited um, with our summer reads to, to have you as part of that and to be able to talk to you today about your amazing book, Social Cue, which I've read and I loved and I admit off recording I did fangirl a little bit but now I've got my professional hat on and it's all good. So we mentioned before, Social Cue is a romantic coming-of-age story incorporating social themes such as bullying and mental health. What inspired you to write Zoe's story? Initially, I think I just really wanted to write a romance. Um, Please Don't Hug Me was quite an anti-romance as a book. Um, so I wanted to to try something a little bit different and then also to put an autistic girl at the centre of a rom-com and make her the protagonist that gets all of the cute, sweet moments and, and gets to, you know, be the heroine of her own story. And then I guess the other themes like bullying that 
that just came up again and again when I talked to to readers of Please Don't Hug Me as an issue that a lot of autistic people faced in school. So I wanted to sort of bring that in, but I didn't want to show, you know, an autistic character being bullied. I wanted to show um, an autistic character rebuilding themselves and sort of working through and recovering and getting through the after effects of being bullied because it has such a long-term impact on your life. So that's how that theme kind of came through. And then I guess the mental health, it was just an exploration of, of that next stage of life for Zoe and navigating, you know, university and dating and her internship. And so naturally I think anxiety and particularly social anxiety are things that spike for me and for lots of autistic people with um, new settings, new people, new challenges. So that sort of all just came into the mix for this story. And, and it was just a lot of fun. Once I had this idea of these missed connections and going back to these people from our past, it was just a lot of fun to write each of the dates and, and each of the characters and exploring, you know, how Zoe would handle all of that. And I was writing, you know, at the beginning of the pandemic as well. So it was just a nice little escape and a treat for me as a writer. Well, I loved the way that the book was laid out to having, you know, Zoe's story and then sort of cutting in with her, her writing, her articles that were in it as well. I thought it was just amazingly done. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Well, my background is as a journalist, so it was nice to sort of put that hat on again and and imagine what those sort of op-ed pieces would look like and make them feel as real as the rest of the story, I guess. Well, it actually puts me through to the next question is, did you draw on any personal experiences for the book? Yeah, it was a really nice way to reflect back on my you know, dating history and and missteps and awkward moments through the lens of having an autism diagnosis, because I didn't have that in my teen um, and early adulthood. I was sort of in my twenties when I got my diagnosis. So it was a nice way to look back at some of those trickier moments or some of those funny, awkward moments and sort of unpack them a little bit. So not the exact experiences that Zoe has, but more the feelings and the, the sort of stuff that it brings up for her was definitely you know, from my personal feelings and experiences and just looking back at my own life as well. Were there any scenes that were your absolute favourite to write or were there any ones that were particularly hard to write? Yeah, so I set myself up with these five dates as kind of the framework and the structure of the story, which was really good because I'm not much of a planner. So that gave me something to work between each date. And I think the dates that went well, particularly probably the last sort of climactic scene with a love interest and I'm trying to keep it spoiler free um, <laughs> was really fun. It was like, I love writing those butterflies in your stomach kind of moments and sort of orchestrating where it all comes together. So that was definitely the highlight for me. And then on the flip side of that, the date that sort of goes the worst or goes most oh. wrong for Zoe was probably the hardest to write because I feel like that was an experience that, that I've had probably more than once of being in a situation where you kind of feel like some, somebody's trying to coerce you or to sort of lead you into a certain way and trying to get yourself out of that situation. And I felt that's the one I'm hearing from readers about the most that they relate to, unfortunately, which makes me a bit sad, but I'm glad that I captured that feeling, I guess, for, for other people. I know exactly the, the scene that you're speaking of there and that one, it physically hurt me to read it. And I kind of weirdly felt like you know you watch a horror movie and you're like don't go in that room and I'm like don't do it Zoe don't do it oh yeah I just I felt I felt like that writing it and even when I read it back I still feel like that so I guess I I sort of captured it accurately I suppose Mm. but um, I also wanted to give you know perhaps other people who might find themselves in similar situations like a, a path out of it because I think it can feel really 
like you're kind of trapped in that moment. And so I, I wanted to model like Zoe, she manages, you know, she, she takes her sister, she figures out a way to get herself out of that situation. And I really wanted to model that for, for readers as well. Uh, do you have any plans for any future books that you might be able to share with us in some inside knowledge? <laughs> so I, I have signed for a nonfiction book that I'll be working on next year that will come out in 2023. So I, I have to be careful not to give away all the spoilers of that, but I'm really <laughs> excited. And it's me putting back on my journalist hat, which I'm really excited about. And then I'm always still working on a YA in some form or another because it's my favorite readership and that's kind of always where I want to come back to. So I'm very, you know, part of my brain is like, Oh, I think that I would want to write it another story with Zoe and see what happens to her in her twenties, but I'm not touching that just yet. So I'm, I'm writing something else and, and enjoying again, writing the sort of sweet, funny romantic moments as well as the more serious heavier moments as well. I always like a balance of those. Yeah. It's, I guess it's more complete story as well. Yeah. And I just think nothing in life is ever really all one thing or all another. It's kind of, when I was writing social cue at first, I was kind of worried about, you know, am I balancing, you know, the, the light and shade? Am, am I balancing it right? A reader's going to feel, you know, like they didn't get what they sort of signed up for with a romance in those heavier moments. But then I think I look back on most times in my life when something really good was happening, there was also something, you know, bad or hard or tricky happening at the same time. So I just feel like that's probably the most truthful for me. So you mentioned about potentially going back to write um, a bit more about Zoe. Would you consider doing a little short story as a spin-off of one of the characters that I, I felt a bit bad for that some things may have happened to him <laughs> at all and he can have his own happy ending? Yeah, I would love that. I, I, I love well, most of my characters, you know, the ones I wasn't supposed to love, I didn't love, but I loved writing them. Yeah, I think I think there are some characters there that I would love to see more from. And I just think, I think Zoe's got a, a bright future ahead of her, but I also don't think it's going to be smooth sailing. So I think there's a lot more there that I would love to explore. Well, I guess, you know, when we're exploring those things, what does a normal writing day look like for you? Do you have a routine that you follow or you just kind of go with the flow? I'm definitely not a go with the flow person at all in any aspect of my life. Um, but <laughs> for writing, I I have three days at the moment where my daughter is in kindy. So that feels like a lot when I say it, but then by the time I do drop off and all the other life admin stuff, it doesn't feel like a lot of time. So I have, I usually write in the morning after drop off because that's when my brain is the freshest and that's kind of a good way to set myself up for the day. But I've recently started going to my local library and they've got this upstairs kind of room, not the computer room, but just this other quiet space that people go to work. And I think something about taking myself out of the house I think post like lockdowns and things like that something about removing myself from the house and I think cafes are just too noisy for me I can't do a cafe setting but my local library has been amazing and I've been getting so many words down so I'm hopefully going to keep that up over the holidays especially about school holidays and my daughter's home I think I'll be able to sneak out of the house leave her with my partner and, and go to some work at the library I'm really excited about that. Uh, see, now I'm a bit biased with this, but library's for the win. Woohoo! Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> and then I also can do a little bit of browsing and I always end up, you know, taking home too many books as well. So it's just feels like a treat. It feels like, yeah, a gift to my writer self because if I'm at home, I'll always find something else to do around the house. So, yeah. Oh, that's all very exciting. Are there any other books that you would recommend for people who enjoyed Social Cue? 
Um, yes, definitely. So in the YA space, I would say Peter Liars Reading Normal, which is by Anna Waitley. It's another Love Oz YA story with a neurodivergent protagonist. Um, there's a little bit of romance. There's a little bit of sort of coming of age stuff in there. It's just a really beautiful book. And in that same vein, I would say Queens of Geek by Jen Wilde, which is just kind of has that, yeah, that same mix that I like with, with a bit of romance and a bit of sort of adventure as well. Um, it's about three friends that go to like a, a comic con kind of convention. Um, one of the characters is autistic as is Jen, the author. And it's just, yeah, that's a beautiful story. And then if people are really into romance, Helen Huang's books are all incredible adult romance books. Yeah. So any of hers, you picked them up, you wouldn't go wrong. Yeah. I, I'm going to double that one. I know this is a YA podcast, but I've read all of Helen Huang's books and they are amazing. I will. Yes. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, just something about seeing my sort of experiences or my feelings reflected on the page still feels quite rare. Like there aren't too many books. There are definitely more coming out and I, I pick up every sort of autistic author's new book that comes out because I'm so excited just to see my experiences reflected on the page. But Helen with her characters just does something really special, I think, and I'm yeah, always going to read her books. Now, listeners, I don't know every single book that we have in the catalogue, but I'm fairly certain we have all of those ones that Kay has just mentioned. So if you want to pop into our catalogue and have a look after you've read Social Cue, we have them there. Um, <laughs> shameless library plug Amazing. that I'm going to put in. <laughs> That's great. Um, I love that about libraries when you like, I really want to read that. And then your local library has it. It's amazing. Oh, we try to keep a fairly diverse catalogue and we do encourage anyone that if there's a particular title that's, you know, they want to read that we don't have, put a purchase request through because we, we want a catalogue um, or a collection of books that people want to read, not just what we think people want to read. So it's all very exciting. All right. Now, last part of it, because I know in the story when Zoe was going on her dates, one of them was with Jake and they asked some getting to know you questions, which I thought was really cool. And I know that we're not on a date right now, but I was wondering if we could ask the, you know, do the getting to know you questions. I would love that. Which I have to admit, I grabbed the ones from the book and then I was like, oh, there's not enough questions. So then I may have Googled first date questions when I did this. <laughs> My shame. Well, if all first dates were structured in such a way, I think that they would be better but they don't often go in the way that, that Zoe and Jake would like them to so I, I would love that that sounds good yeah all right so first one is what is your favorite movie ever it's a really hard one see I get really technical I'm like which ones do I watch the most which is my comfort movie which is <laughs> but favorite movie ever I have to say is Jurassic Park because it's just the one that I will watch anytime it's on TV or if I feel down or it just, you know, I was very into dinosaurs as a kid. So Jurassic Park was a favorite then and it's a favorite now. And I don't really mess with the, with the new ones at all, but the original Jurassic Park, definitely my favorite. That's amazing. I remember seeing that at the movies when it came out and it frightened the bejesus out of me. Oh, I didn't. I remember seeing it at home. I must have been probably too young to go to the movies to see it, but I remember not wanting to use the bathroom in our house because of a particular scene um, for a very long time. <laughs> oh, um, what is your favourite food? Um, I like cold things, so I'm like very much like a gelati, sorbet, acai bowl, anything frozen and blended is very good. Ah, so is that Zoe has inspiration from that because I know she loved the the lemon sorbet. Yeah, yeah, I think I think it's like a sensory thing is for me as much as it is the actual and sweetness. Like I'm a huge sweet tooth. And what was the last book that you read? 
Oh, that's a good question. Stars Like Us, the graphic novel by Jessica Walton, um, illustrated by Oscar. It's really incredible. It's like a YA graphic novel, Australian, which we don't get too many of them, so it's really exciting. Um, and it's a set at a convention as well. It's, um, it's a bit of a theme with the books that I like. But <laughs> it's got great disability rep. It's just really a really diverse and beautiful, funny, lovely story. And I don't read a lot of graphic novels, so that's kind of – given me the taste for it. And I've started seeking out a few more after that. Yeah, I have to admit, I was not much into graphic novels either. And I read Heartstopper and absolutely mm. loved that. And that's yep. kind of, yep. yeah, I've got a couple sitting on my reading shelf now as well, just to add into the mix. They're a nice palate cleanser, I find, between bigger books. Yeah, I don't know, something about, yeah, just different kind of mood. You know, sometimes you're in the mood for an audio book or sometimes you're in the mood for, for nonfiction. It just feels like another sort of genre or area that I hadn't explored too much of, but now I'm really excited about. Excellent. Now I think, well, I had here what was the um, best and worst flavour of ice cream, but we've kind of covered that now. Oh, worst. I've got a controversial opinion for worst flavour. Ooh, here we go. I don't, <laughs> because I don't think they're things that should go together, which is Choc Mint. I'm sorry to all the Choc Mint <gasps> fans, but... I love chocolate and I love mint, but I just feel like together. No, thank you. Oh, see, I thought we were going to have a body body moment then because you're going to just eat like cookies and cream. And I was going to be like, yes, I'm all over that because you shouldn't have biscuits <laughs> in with ice cream, like lumps in ice cream. No. But uh, oh, see, now I'm sad that you said choc mint. I like choc mint. Oh, so many people do. I, that's why I said I was prefacing it with this is a controversial opinion because I feel like it's a favorite for lots of people. But I don't know. I just don't think those things are nice together. Uh, you <laughs> Sorry. Know, oh, it's all good. Fair enough. I'll forgive you this once. No, it's all good. <laughs> I think that's it for me. Thank you so much again for um, participating in our interview today. I'm just, yeah, so excited to be able to talk to you about this book. It's just brilliant. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been lovely to chat. Social Q, along with the seven other titles, including Anything But Fine by Tobias Madden, Aurora's End by Amy Kaufman and Jay Kristoff, Dark Rise by C.S. Picat, Green Rising by Lauren James, Roxy by Neil and Jared Schusterman, The Gilded Cage by Lynette Noni, and You'll Be the Death of Me by Karen M. McManus can be found in the library catalogue. Join us on an imagination vacation and read one book or read them all. The choice is yours. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Remember, you can borrow all of these books from Newcastle Libraries or use the Newcastle Libraries app to download a copy today. Go to the Newcastle Libraries website for more information. newcastle.nsw.gov.au slash library. This has been a Newcastle Libraries Real Production.